A dear friend of mine had an uncle, Carl, who used to take pictures of everything. At any family event, he was the one with the camera lining people up on picnic tables or in front of the fireplace at Christmas time. On vacations, he would go through roll after roll of film, which tells you how long ago this was. And when he got his first video camera, they all knew they were in trouble, and they were right, because no one was safe from the all-seeing eye of Uncle Carl's video camera. This was in the days before everyone had a phone with a camera in their pocket, and before we were forced to document every event, meal, and relationship by posting all those photos online. Well, several years ago, Uncle Carl died, and his wife was surprised going through the boxes and boxes of pictures and videotapes because there was not a single picture of Uncle Carl. He had always been on the other side of the camera lens, and his wife noted with some sadness that he'd spent so much effort trying to preserve so many important moments in time that he had left himself out of those moments. And that's a natural human tendency, I think. When something great is happening, we want to find ways to preserve those things that we used to call Kodak moments before Kodak went bankrupt. We want something that will help us say in coming years, I was there, I saw this, I did this. We want the important and sacred moments in our lives to be preserved. But there is a danger that in the moment, we're too busy preserving to be experiencing. In the past, past few years, we're even less in the moment, even when we're still in the picture. Got to whip out that selfie stick, get those pics up on Instagram and Facebook. No experience is really real until it's been captured, filtered, edited, and posted online. And our lives are so curated these days that anything that's not recorded isn't real, seemingly. You know the saying, picture it didn't happen. When Jesus took Peter and James and John up on the mountain, it was to witness his transfiguration. And this is a, a little epiphany that calls back to an earlier episode in the gospel when Jesus was baptized. If you'll remember, at the baptism of Jesus, there is also a voice from the cloud that says, you are my beloved son. And at the baptism, that voice was directed to Jesus. You are my beloved son. And here, at the transfiguration on Mount Tabor, the voice says, this is my beloved son. So this is directed not as a revelation for Jesus himself, but for those three apostles. This is for them. And it's a sacred moment in which Christ's divinity was briefly revealed to these favorite disciples. And it was a moment that didn't just change Jesus, it changed Peter and James and John. At least it could have changed them. But Peter's reaction is a bit of a problem. Instead of allowing himself to fully experience the sacred moment before him, he wants to turn it into an Instagram or a TikTok story. His first reaction is, 
This is great. Let's set up some tents so you can stay here. Let's preserve this moment. Instead of letting himself be transformed by the miraculous presence of Jesus and Moses and Elijah, he wants them to move in. Most of the time, I think that the moments that affect us most deeply are the ones that we don't or can't preserve. We are most transformed by those moments that we experience the most directly and then let go. And the letting go can be hard, but sometimes that's the only way to know that you've experienced something. Several years ago, when I lived in Washington, D.C., there was a special exhibit being put on by the Smithsonian Museums that I found really fascinating. The museums were hosting a group of Buddhist monks from Tibet, and they were there to to construct a sand mandala, which is an elaborate piece of art, 10 or 12 feet in diameter. And the monks spent 10 days on the floor on their hands and knees, using their fingers to drop individual grains of brightly colored sand in intricate patterns. And at the end of the 10 days, the moment it was finished, The monks stood back and looked at their work, and then they took brooms and swept it all into a pile and dumped it in the Potomac. The point wasn't to create a lasting piece of art, it was to experience the making of that sand mandala, and then to sweep it away as a lesson in the passing nature of everything beautiful. Our lives are filled with those kinds of fleeting sacred moments. Some of them even happen in church. But wherever they happen, they have the potential to change us forever. And these sacred moments might be as awesome as a brush with death or as simple as an unexpected smile. God is constantly finding ways to break into our ordinary existence and to reveal himself in ways that will transform us if we'll just pay attention and let ourselves experience the moment. The temptation, of course, is to remain a spectator and not a participant, to take the pictures instead of enjoying the holiday, to watch while someone else makes the sand mandala instead of making your own, to capture the moment of transfiguration instead of being transformed and then moving on. During this season of Lent, we're preparing for our celebration of Easter, And we're asked to look inward in a spirit of repentance and to open ourselves to God's transforming grace. And prayer and fasting and almsgiving are traditional ways for us to do that. So as we continue through Lent this year, let's approach it with a new openness to God's grace and a willingness to look in each moment for the ways that God is prepared to reveal himself to us not so that we can preserve that moment of revelation, but so that we can allow ourselves in those moments to be transformed.